The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello and welcome to the Cozy Cryptid. I'm your host today, and with me returning is my fiance, Amanda. Hey guys, how you doing, Amanda? Cold. Cold. Is it cold in here? My feet are cold. Your feet are always cold. Freezing. That's like why I freeze. That's why I freeze you out. Yep. <laughs> today we are in Oaxaca. Located in the far south of Mexico, Oaxaca is home to over 4 million people. With our rich culture and heritage, today's episode is part one of a two-part series featuring Oaxaca. From a demon woman who wanders the streets and local towns, to a uniquely Mexican festival to honor the aliens that quietly protect the coastal towns. Oaxaca is an amazingly diverse place. Stop poking me. He's poking me, people. What is your hand? Oh. story is Babasua, Demon Woman of Oaxaca. In October of 2017, Mexican writer Abdel Chinco Oya penned this in the latest edition of Razon Magazine. Last weekend, I visited Oaxaca with two friends who are a couple. We had dinner under the Portertails. We tried the mole and le- and I left for the hotel in good time. I left my companion continue their evening. During their stroll, they encountered a beautiful young woman in typically blanket blanket blouse who offered them crafts to take home with them. So my friends agreed to buy them. They were distracted for a moment looking for money and the woman disappeared. A voice whispered in their ears, I don't want your pay, I want your soul. Well, sounds like a very awful way to end your evening. 
Yeah, with friends. Yep. Uh, how would you react in that situation? Run for my life. Run for your life. I mean, yeah. technically, I have no soul, so. I mean, no one has a soul. So. We all have souls. Yep. <clears throat> we have an essence. <clears throat> Just read the next paragraph because okay. we're not going to get into a debate that we would like. For a moment, they froze and did not see anyone. They felt they had lost their breath. As much as they tried to move, their body did not react, and their skin was prickly and pale. So they're in, like, a panic mode. Right? Like, flight or fight. Uh, like, deer ugh. and headlights, kind of like. Yeah. Either stay or try to run, and their body froze. All right. The next day... Chin, um, Chinachoy and his friends asked the locals if others had had similar encounters with the strange woman. A few nodded, a few chuckled. What had happened was a genuine 21st century sighting of the Mawaswita. Sorry if I brutaled that. Uh, it's okay. Talking to the listeners. I know. It's okay. They understand. According to the official Wahaskan tourism website, the Mawasitla is the spirit of an evil woman dressed in white, appears at night and into the early dawn, and preys on intoxicated or very lonely men. The Mawasitla is very beautiful and tries her victim to follow her. Her prime time to lure, to lure away the drunk and lovelorn is between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. A man who's under the Malozewa spell may have very little memory of the event and often snaps out of it, snaps out of the of his trance state uh, if they walk into something or stumble. Those who do not snap out of it are never seen again. That's no bueno. I mean, that seems like a really good way to... It did dig too far. Okay. The legend of the Matalazuya, like so many modern-day legends in Mexico, may date back thousands of years. The modern name of this phantom woman, Matazula, whatever, drives from... Natul. Natul, the language of the Aztecs. Her name was once... And stuff. Mataluzula, which translates to the woman who traps. <clears throat> As the Matula legend is not found in Central America, uh, Central Mexico, the Aztecs probably gave her her own name to an elder local legend when they conquered the valley of Ocantan in the late 14,000s. 1400s. I don't we're still on the we're still in the year two thousand. So all right, I am not good with numbers. Leave me alone. So it's it sounds like a very like the woman in white situation. Avatar. What? Avatar: The Last Airbender, but except it was a good person. Oh, this one kills people. Okay. Uh 
uh, there are many versions of the Moss Result legend, which may also indicate extreme age. While in Osaka City, uh, she may not she may be one thing in the rural eras. She is something a little different. It may also have a different name. Amount, accounts in the folklore literature going back centuries, we see that Mazuzula, also called La Mazuga, La, La Badalora, and La Kobazgia. So that tells me that this is probably a story. Yes. It tells me this is more likely a story, a folklore story, and not an actual eyewitness account. Okay. She is not always the beautiful temptress dressed in white. In some early canonical uh, accounts of the legend, she is a shape-shifting witch who can assume the form of a small child or a giant with the intent of causing harm or causing the victim to slip into some sort of vice while in a trance state. The Matalozuha behaves in this way because she has been wronged by society and lives a marginalized existence. These early accounts had the creature disappearing in a puff of smoke. Hmm. Wow. So she's like a ninja. She's like Batman. What do you say? So it's okay. Batman. Batman's a good guy, though. I know, but he, like, disappears in the puff of smoke. It's rain coming down. Yeah, it is. Uh, these early Spanish descriptions may be the closest information available about the legend <coughs> when it, and what it must be like <coughs> before the conquest. There are some reports in colonial Mexico of the Malozua being a former slave woman or a woman of mixed African descent. The legend switching races from indigenous <coughs> African may have to do with the treatment of African women or women with mixed African ancestry during colonial times. Many female slaves or descendants of slaves carried with them African knowledge of traditional healing practices and rituals. They're often classified as sorcery by Spanish colonial officials. In the, are you talking about like voodoo? A little bit. Sounds like it. Not hundred percent sure. Or, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. In the archives of the Holy Inquisition in Mexico City, black women are represented in greater numbers as a percentage of population than other races or than men of any race. This association of African or Fro Mexican women with sorcery and supernatural evil forces could have played a role in the legends, claiming that the Matuz Palula was a darker-skinned woman. Hmm. I don't know how I feel about that. It's kind of like saying darkies are evil. Yeah. A little bull. Yeah, it's all bullshit. In many stories, the Malozua has no feet or black lamb feet. Mm -hmm. Oh, the fuck? No feet. I think oh, what's worse, no feet or lamb feet. No feet. Yeah, that's, that's okay. weird. That's creepy. Then you got to find ways to walk in your hands. No. I mean, what's scarier though? Hearing the clicking of lamb feet and then seeing a woman right there. In Probably. some in some varieties of legend, she 
has just one foot and is thus easy to track. Sometimes the Malazua travels in pairs. If there is a couple, they would, they would like to talk. One being will turn into a male and the other a female to enchant the proper member of the couple. In one legend, the pair of hunting Matozula are described as having blonde hair and an addict, addiction to cigarettes, which I'm going to need to quit. Although with some variations, most of the legends of the Matozula focus on luring, uh, luring away drunken or lovesick men to their deathbeds or to trick them into committing unspeakable acts. Well, well, well. Someone's a little... Mexican folklorist Claudia Padilla has written down the story about the Mazuba gathered from a small town in the countryside of Oaxaca, loosely translated from Spanish. You want me to read it? I'll read it. But interrupt me if you want to roast me or anything. Never. Uh, legend has it that a long time ago, in the town of Santa Maria Sola de Vega, Oaxaca, there was a young man named Jose Antonio who liked women a lot. He did not care if they were ugly, beautiful, fat, tall, short, single, married, or widowed. For Jose Antonio, they were all the same. He was tall and handsome and had a thick, well-trimmed mustache. When Jose Antonio liked money, he sold cattle belonging to his father, or rather, his father's employer. His father was a hired hand at a cattle ranch. When he saw his son in trouble, the father would say to him in a very strong tone, Someday, Jose Antonio, God is going to punish you for deceiving women. Now that because of that vice, you are never, going, uh, never at home, nor do you go to work. But one of these days, you are going to get a terrible scare. You see that you leave at night and come back at dawn. They can do something to you. Take care of yourself and always entrust yourself to God to protect you. Yes, Dad. Yes, Dad. Jose Antonio said laughing at his father. Then he would run out of the house, leaving his father talking alone. One day, the young handsome... Jose Antonio found true love in a young woman from his town with whom he fell madly in love. Like a madman, he just stopped falling in love with the women he encountered. One day, after Katina lost between the drinks at about three in the morning, while it was raining, a very pretty woman appeared to him. Just like his girlfriend dressed in white, with a very well-formed waist and hair long to the waist. Thinking it was his true love, Jose Antonio followed her without thinking. At first, the old man had no idea he was in the presence of the Malazua. But when the drunkenness started to wear off, he realized that he was not that this was not his beautiful girlfriend. He began to scream like crazy, but he could not move. The Malazua took him to the hill, and there she stunned him and hurt him. He was all scratched, wounded, and crazy. The locals, Hacienda workers, were on the hill, were scared by Jose Antonio's frightful screams, and went to wake up their boss, who was Jose Antonio's father, the old man declared. 
Those screams are from the evil born of Jose Antonio. Hopefully whoever is after him hasn't killed him. Let's go look for him. They all came out with axes and torches to look for Jose Antonio. They combed the entire area without finding him. Then they climbed the hill when there, where there is a stone that is like a cave. That to pass to the other side, they had to go under the stone. And in that place, there's a magical waterfall, waterfall with a legend of its own. There, the search party noticed that the screams came from a high rock situated with Dorans and Maggie trees. Mahogany trees. There we go. Oh, okay, yeah. The bravest men barely climbed the jagged rock, and when they managed to reach the top, there they found Jose Antonio completely naked and covered with deep wounds as if a tiger had attacked him. Okay. With that experience, Jose Antonio swore off women. He didn't even want anything more to do with his beautiful girlfriend who lived near his house for fear that she was a matuli in disguise. Thank you. Want me to keep reading? Oh, okay. Um, Jose Antonio suffered so much that at night he screamed like a desperate man-man. His father did not know what to do. Jose Antonio was in such bad shape that he went out at dawn to look for that evil woman who hurt his son without thinking that the woman was the Malazila. There was a full moon that lit up the entire countryside. The man continued uh, walking to see if he could find that woman, but he did not find her since the Matuli only looked for women, uh, for men who were drunk or in terrible state of loneliness. The man got tired of searching and did not find the woman, so he decided to return home. When he got home, he saw a woman dressed in white who was calling for her son. He shot her by the he shot her, but the bullets did not come out of the rifle, as if it, the weapon suddenly locked up. The woman slowly disappeared, and by time she had complete, and by that time, she had completely vanished. Vanishes, her gun just started firing again. The boy suffered a great deal of mental anguish. Till one day, the parish priest went to the bliss, the house, and Jose, <coughs> Antonio, uh. And in Hosea so that Malzuak would no longer pursue him, and he could be at peace. The old man recovered, and no one in the town ever saw the mysterious woman in white again. Yeah. Thank you. The Matuza of Oaxaca is very similar to other legends found throughout Mexico, like the Sacabuya of Narat, or the lesser degree that ever presented Loonio, which may indicate cross-cultural connections across the vast instances in ancient Mexico, could also mean that there are similar ancient supernatural forces haunting the land. You decide. Uh, I think it's a fucking story. It's definitely a story to keep fucking people for guys to stay home and not be fucking drunk assholes. That and actually to treat their wives well and not be a whore. Yeah. But uh, what's your opinion on it, guys? Have you seen the, the Mexican woman in white? It's Malazua. But uh, back to this.
All right, quick uh, little ad here uh, from our one of our supporters of the podcast, Ladaria.com. Ladaria.com. Save forty percent off your order with Cozy Forty at checkout. And we're back with another story. This is uh, the day of the Martian, Mesco's alien fiesta. Alrighty then. Sounds really interesting. In October of 2013, Ernesto Chavana, a local host on the multimedia television network for the Mexican state of Nuevo Leon, encourages viewers to do something very unusual. The previous month, Hurricane Ingrid rocked the Gulf Coast of Mexico. The destructive storm, whose winds peaked at 85 miles per hour, veered away from its intended target, the highly populated tri-city area of the extreme southern tip of the Mexican coastal state of Tampulus. Instead of hitting the city of... Altamira. Thank you, because I could not see that. Um, Conclude Madero and Tapacoco with full force... Ingrid made a surprise turn to the northeast. After this turn, it weakened a bit and it made landfall near a town called La Pesca, an sparsely populated part of the city. The storm's damage was not as severe as it could have been. The last time a hurricane slammed into the southern coast of Tampa, uh, Timmy La Paz with devastating results was on September 19, 1955. Hilda, a Category 3 hurricane, but at 90% of Tempico, leaving tens of thousands of people homeless and destroying the oil refineries in the area. Other storms seemed to tease the region for about a decade after that, occasionally making landfall and causing minimal damage. Please, please don't put your phone near. Yeah, I just realized, and that's why I moved it away as quickly as possible, because it interferes with the mic. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love you. I love you too. The television host. I love you. Ow, my eardrums. Okay. The television host mentioned on air that the three Gulf cities had been spared disastrous weather since 1966, with every major tropical storm and hurricane skirting around Alamatari, Kuro, Mador, and Tempico. Senor Chavez employed his audience to give thanks where thanks were due and summoned his viewers to hold a fiesta in the three lucky coastal cities to honor the real protectors of the city, the actual terrestrials that have been watching over the area for decades. What the fuck are we talking about, Chavana? Ta- I don't know. It's like where the hell did the aliens come from? Uh, okay. Uh, Chavana was not alone in believing this. Even some newspapers... Stories throughout the years either asked the aliens for help or credited them for so. For so many close calls. So on October 29th, 2013, El Dia del Marciano, or in English, the Day of the Martian, was born. A uniquely Mexican way to celebrate supposedly otherworldly assistance from non-earthly beings. The Day of the Martian may seem strange to outsiders, to the ancient and modern Mexicans alike. Having festivals to thank the gods, the saints, or the unseen forces is part of the everyday cycle of life dating back thousands of years. At Parker, our purpose is simple. 
We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. I mean, what's the difference? Mm, not really. Every modern Mexican town or city has a patron saint. Each saint has a feast day or fiesta as part of the Catholic calendar. For some Mexican towns, the Dia del Santo or Saint's Day is, is the most important civic celebration of the year. Even more important than some of the major holidays, such as Christmas, Easter, or Mexican Independence Day. Depending on the town, a fiesta may last for several days or a week. I mean... Fun. <laughs> Sorry. Um, sociologists, or is that where we are? No, no. Or religious yeah. fiestas. Religious fiestas. Okay. Religious fiestas usually have some kind common elements to them. In addition to much food, drink, and music, there is usually a solemn um, procession. And <laughs> help. What? You help? How are you gonna help me with sneezing? That's hiccups. Oh, sorry. <laughs> During which a saint statue or other religious relics is uh, paraded through town or throughout the countryside. Fiestas may also include associated sporting events, such as rodeos and a general carnival atmosphere. It is. Citizens of smaller towns may save up extra money all year to help put on a lavish Saints Day. Sociologists who study the fiesta believe that the intense celebration for a brief time serves not only as a release of tensions and frustrations, but provide a way for people to find more solidarity as a community. One of the primary reasons for honoring a specific saint who may be the patron of a town or a region, is to give thanks. The fiesta is also time for individual participants to take personal inventories of the bounties from the previous year. It was in the spirit of the traditional Mexican fiesta that Ernesto Chavana inaugurated the first day of the Martian, which is now celebrated on the last Tuesday of each October. Okay. Why not honor the local traditioning saint for giving the religious... What the fuck is that? I don't know. Patron. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Why not honor the local patron saint for giving the region protection from violent tropical storms, 
Some people do believe that the 1967 installation of a statue of Our Lady of Mount Carmel, yeah. known in Spanish as La uh, Holy shit, La Brinja de Carmen, is the reason for most all the hurricanes near uh, near misses. Ironically, though, it, in that same year, a huge fleet of UFOs appeared over the city. Of Tampico, and the story made it out to the front pages of the local newspapers. So, a statue of the vir- Virgin seems to have lost out to something altogether alien. There's more to this than the mass sighting of UFOs over Tampico, over Tampico, however. For the longest time, the people of southern Tamaulipas have claimed that there are existence on the coast an aquatic. UFO base that was established sometime in the 1960s. The fourth largest river in Mexico, the Tanluku, drains into the Gulf of Mexico con- at um, Curumendro and forms an underwater canyon cutting deep into the continental shelf that extends almost 100 miles into the Gulf. The extraterrestrial base is supposedly located somewhere in the deep underwater canyon about 800 meters under the surface. Maybe. If we were able to explore it, that'd be pretty awesome to figure out, but that's pretty Uh, deep. That is pretty deep. I mean... Alien. You know, it's pretty. Whoever's there, would be still be pretty alien. Yeah, no matter what. Yes. The alleged alien underwater city even has a name, Mupak, and has been visited by at least one person, a local man named Juan Carlos Ramon Lopez Diaz. Lopez is the head of a group called the Association for Scientific. UFO investigations of Tampilopas, an organization of a few dozen members who investigate UFO phenomena in northeastern Mexico. Lopez states the association is made up of professionals. The reports we receive are taken seriously until a mental profile is made. Since there are people with psychological problems who have claimed to have had contact with extraterrestrials, Lopez claims to have visited M- Puko through astral prediction bullshit after days of mental and physical preparation. He alleges that he traveled in a ball of light a few kilometers off the coast and when he plunged into the ocean their being were waiting for him to guide him through the city. Um, are you saying that astral prediction is bullshit or that his claim is bullshit? His claim. His claim. I mean astral prediction can happen if you have the right state of mind and you really, really are able to do it, but that can so, also be BS too. I'm on the fence on that one. I mean, that's a good way to be. Like, what's because think about it a lot of people don't believe crystals have healing properties, but they do hmm. to others, so it's like a double blade sword. One could be the truth, one could be a lie, but you still get stabbed by both of them. Yeah. Um. Alright. The base. Yep. The base was made of glass and crystalline, crystalline structures. Light was everywhere, but it was not the light of the sun because the sun 
Pusa City was at the bottom of the sea. The base was staffed by tall, blonde beings commonly referred to as the Nordics. In UFO terms, and everyone of his encounters on his trip were scientists and very cold in, in demeanor. He could not have given exact coordinates of the base, but he did say in an interview with the newspaper, El Sol de Tampico, with the, that the aliens are here to study humans, specifically how we react to situations emotionally. According to Lopez, there is also a great quantity in the area of a certain white powder derived from gold and platinum that the off-world visitors routinely mined. So the reason why this area of Mexico has not been hit by hurricanes in the past 60 years is thus contributed to the aliens who are protecting the coast until their work is finished. A gigantic invisible shield in the form of an energy force field exists over the base and extends out for many miles. Okay. So doing like a behavioral study on this. In the newspaper interview, Lopez also mentioned that the same species of extraterrestrials also operates in a series of different bases uh, on land. One such land base nearby is located at Sierra del Bernal, also known as Bernal del Orquistas, a curious rock formation that looks eerily similar to Devil's Tower, as seen in the 1977 movie Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In addition to the Lopez testimony of astral projection, in the past decade, a variety of people, from fishermen to oil industry workers, have claimed to see UFOs coming in and out of the waters of the Gulf, off the coast of southern Tampilipas. Fishermen have also reported seeing gigantic luminescent objects moving rapidly just below the water's surface. Uh, visible sculptor living in Tampico receiving the commission to create the state of extraterrestrial would be used as the Mexicans would use a saint statue in this very unusual fiesta. A group of local politicians and celebrities, including Ernesto Chavez himself, helped raise a statue in the parking lot of the southern zone of Miramar Beach, part of the municipality of Ciudad Madero. The statue looks like the typical gray alien of the UFO lore, with big head and almond-shaped eyes although it is painted a frog-like green. The statue faces the sea and looks toward Amipak, the secret underwater base. For just a few uh, days after the first fiesta, the Martian statue disappeared. Some said that the aliens took the statue as an offering, while others claimed Vandals made off with it. While some low-level politicians participated in the first day of the Martian city officials from Chihuahua Madero will quickly or quickly clarify the day the city did not support nor was it a sponsor of this event. Chihuahua Madero spokesperson for community communications Hugo Bellin Brown has to, had to field many questions from the national and international press about this event. The, um, this strange extraterrestrial fiesta even garnered attention from alien themed American and Japanese television shows. Initially, the municipalities involved distancing themselves from what they saw as something that could possibly taint their image. With time, though, as the event had grown, the local government officials have been warming to having more active involvement in this celebration. 
As with other Mexican fiestas, there is a great deal of commerce at the del, Dia del Americano with people selling everything from empanadas to alien-shaped balloons, supplies appearing out of nowhere. The local governments are wanting a piece of that. Each succession, each successive year, sees more people and more events connected with the unofficial holiday. There it be a saint, a virgin, or alien, the people of the southern uh, Tampaluyas almost instinctively feel that they may, they must get thanks to their good fortune. A modern day more secular. What the hell does that mean? Torn. Okay, secular Mexico. It is interesting to observe the fiesta phenomenon continuing to play out. But this time with a unique extraterrestrial twist. I mean, that's fun, right? That's just different. I mean, odd, but different. Is it fun? Never been to one, but probably. I mean, it's, just... it's a party. It's a party, dude. Um. Well. Uh, check out stanzerx.com. Uh, they sell hats for trees. So buy a hat, you know, plant a tree. You and you save thirty five percent off your order with cozy caps. Check out. I'm very tired. <clears throat> Two legends from Oaxaca. The Aztecs called this southern region of Mexico. Uh, who? I can't know. Oaxi Aka, named after a certain type of tree that grew in the area. Today, Oaxaca is home of the most biologically and culturally diverse states in all of Mexico. Its mountains, jungles, and beaches fall mostly in the tropical and subtropical zones with more temperate climates uh, increasing in frequency with altitude. Oaxaca's rugged terrain is responsible for keeping many indigenous cultures intact. And today, the state is home to 16 distinct native groups. The great variety of peoples and the long history of this area has been caused to say to be the origin of many interesting legends. Here are three of them. Number one, the legend of the decapitated princess. I'll just read the whole story. Yeah, I'll just read the uh, The modern day seal of the city of Oax. Go, go ahead. The modern-day seal of city of Alaska has its center, the severed head of a young woman. While this may seem strange to have a disembodied head as a symbol of a respectable anticipation, the legend behind this is still being told to this day. At around the time of the Spanish conquisition, King Cuesta and Queen Cola Ulysses ruled over the Zupepec kingdom located in modern day 
Oesca. The king and queen had a son named Kosujopi, whom they sent to rule over a minor province in the isla of Temecapoc. Prince Kasputi had a daughter, the princess Donanjen, who was either a young woman or older teenager at the time of their transfer to the Zimpak administration capital of the region, a city called Sokoli. Not soon after the arrival of the prince and his daughter, the Mixins attacked the city of Zorun and captured Princess Doji to hold her hostage. When the Zogapeks attacked the mixed city of Monta Abu, the Mixtecs fled and beheaded the Zopata princess. When the Mexics were captured by the Zopatec, they confessed to where they buried the body of the princess Doji, but kept secret the location of her head. About 10 years after this incident with the Spanish in full control over the area known today as Ocotec, a shepherd was tending to his animals in a field now located in San Ocos das la Guantas near International Airport of Monte Oaxa. You can read that. The shepherd came across a beautiful wild iris. Instead of cutting it, he decided to uproot it. He pulled the bulb out of the ground. He first noticed a human ear with gold earrings in it. And then he burst away more dirt to reveal the perfectly intact and completely unmarred head of the Zapotec princess, Donanji. With great care, the shepherd gathered up the head to get to the authorities in Alaska City. Both the head and body of the princess were reunited and entombed at the church of uh, Kualapan, where the funerary ceremonies on uh, princess was given a Christian name and baptized Juana Ocates. The gentleman of the princess at the church was supposedly responsible for the mass conversion to Christianity of the Oscan countryside. Although this legend sounds more like history, very few of any elements of the story can be verified. Creepy. So they have princess that was decapitated. Decapitated, and they can't find her head. head. And then the shepherd found it over ten years later, completely perfect. intact. That's amazing. That's, uh, that's far fetched. It is very far fetched because it is very far fetched. Unless it's like body re- decomposes after un- you- how? I mean, if it was like mummified, maybe. Yeah, but still, earring and everything. Uh, uh, number two, the magic cave at Cerro Cordo. A campesino who lived in the mountains was one day walking on the road from a place called Mioa Tolin to the town of St. San Luis Amatolin. Uh, Hunter was occupied by his local companions, a medium sized dog. In the afternoon, the skies opened up and a man and his dog were caught in the middle of a downpour. Seeing refuge, the two entered a cave on the side of a small mountain called Cerro Gordo, or Fat Hill in English. Okay. The dog remained outside of the cave while the man stayed inside it. The rain did not stop, and when nighttime came, the man flew uh, fell asleep. The dog howled to get the attention of his owner, 
but the man never left the cave. The morning came and no one emerged from the cave. To this day, locals never venture near that cave. Some say that this is part of a tunnel system, and though it and through it one can reach the town of Tulakula, many dozens of kilometers away from the cave's entrance. Some say the supporters of a Benzitiano Carranza, hero of the Mexican Revolution, stored weapons and many other items there, and the cave is full of ghosts of former revolutionary soldiers. Many have been tempted to explore the caves to look for loot or see how far the cave systems goes, but all this discouraged by people who live nearby. Locals say that every night, passerby can hear the howling of a dog who has patiently waited outside the cave for his master to emerge and serves as a warning to those curious who would come near. That's so so sad. (laughs) That is sad. Poor puppy. Never got to see his owner again. What the fuck? That's two stories. I guess the next one, the next episode. I guess so. What the fuck? Well, she did say it was only two stories. No, you actually she... have to go up. Keep going. Yeah. Here are three of them. Oh, it was supposed to be two. She got mixed up. See? I think, yeah. It happens. Yeah. Anyway, that's... That was this episode, guys. Hope you like it. Hope you share it. Comment on the website. Ask uh, any questions. Yeah, I'm trying to get a listener. Yeah, trying to get like a listener episode. Sorry. Yes, definitely. We would love to have you guys on. We may even do Zoom meetings. It all depends on what you, the viewers, want. Uh, if you want to be, yeah, any questions? Uh, there's a form for that. Just hit me up on Instagram, or whatever. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and don't forget to yeah. see Instagram, him on Twitch. Follow on Instagram at Cozy Creature Podcast and uh, on Twitter at Cozy Creature Pod. Uh, follow me on Twitch. I stream about every day, Monday through Friday, uh, at G1 Tanner. And playing uh, Witcher. He's trying to play Witcher. Witcher is a very difficult game. Yeah, I got fucking... And today he got to play the new Skyward Sword. Yeah. So, but we guys hope you like this episode, and stay tuned for part two of next week's. Oh. Have a good one, guys. Uh, yeah. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Thank you. And gals. And days. And then whatever. Okay. Bye. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.